to see here, kid. You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. Welcome back to the Experiences Key podcast. I am one of your hosts, Drea, and right in front of me is my annoying yet lovable fiance and partner in life and co host. That was the longest introduction ever for me. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's Robin, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to be back. And that's true. Everything Drea said about me is correct. She just missed the fact that I'm the funniest person. On the planet, right He's across from her. He's also the most conceited. We have a lot of energy today, so hopefully we can get this. Which out. is surprising because we we slept in, and we're just like, who's we? But we got energy. Who's we? What time did you get up? Eight thirty. That's you sleeping in. You get up at seven thirty. Since when? <laughs> because my alarm has been set for seven thirty, but I have been snoozing until eight thirty <laughs> for the last week. Yeah, but you get up at... What time did you get up this morning? 10? I woke up at 10, got out of bed at 11. It's okay. great. Yeah. So, you slept in. Yeah. <laughs> I did de- not. Not denying that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's okay. Awkward pause. Now, is like anything else mean you want to say about me and my sleeping it's habits? It's not mean. It's not mean. Mm. I just wake up in the morning and I want you to talk to me. Yeah. And then I'm awake like three hours before you are. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm sorry I'm not being the best company I could possibly be. Oops. No, I try my best. Knock the mic. Um it's not that you're not the best company, it's that you are some of my favorite company to keep. And <laughs> when you're asleep and I'm awake, I am sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel that. it's fine. Yeah. Plays right into our topic for today, doesn't it? A bit, yeah, it does. Because <laughs> With today's topic, as always, we're recording at Grub Street. We always want to give them a special thanks for letting us use the space. This is true. And that we have an awesome space to record in because uh, with the way that we sleep in, and if we still recorded this at home, we could be way less energetic. Oh my goodness. And a little bit groggy. At least we're a little bit more put together. Right. Still right. have to catch some trains to be here, but... It's nice. It's, it wakes us up. Good reason to be out of the house. Mm-hmm. So... so. And with that today. So today's topic is, I think, really interesting and mm-hmm. very relevant to what's going on today. And that is on loneliness and sort of why loneliness has been so much more relevant in the news and mm-hmm. how a lot of not only Americans, but all across people deal with loneliness and like what's going on with it. All across where? The world. The planet. Well, Let's preface this because I did not do the bulk of the research on this. You did. So I want you to present what you found and what you've seen um, Mm -hmm. and why we're going into this topic, particularly today, to just give the audience a bit of background. Yes. So with this topic today, and I will will preface it by saying that we're going to strictly zoom in on the United States. Because that's where the bulk of the research and reading is coming from. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, the reason why we really picked this topic and why it was so interesting, not I, I keep saying interesting to describe topics that are serious, but it's it's something that really caught our eye. Was mm-hmm. Dre and I were we we went to church a couple weeks ago, and the pastor was talking about how there's this epidemic of loneliness happening. Yeah. And this epidemic of loneliness was essentially announced by the uh, Surgeon General. Yeah. And then just quick uh, little information piece that for people who don't know who the Surgeon General is. The Surgeon General just, um, to give like the umbrella definition or just the umbrella information, uh, they are just the person in the White House working with the president as the spokesperson on matters of public health in the nation. Okay. So any any big pieces of information, especially re- concerning public health or anything going on in, in the nation with public health, will be presented through them. Mm-hmm. And then that's why we got the epidemic on loneliness, because the Surgeon General came out and was just like, Americans, uh, like all across the U.S. nowadays, are, we're the loneliest we've ever been. Mm. It's just everyone's lonely. Everyone's sad. What can we do about it? And it was something that especially latched on to me because I've definitely been someone who's gone through loneliness. Yeah. And, like, how that's affected me. And sort of my own little tips and tricks on how, like, I finally... Not overcome it, because I still definitely feel it sometimes, but, like, I've been able to manage it better. And I hit my own mic this time. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's, like, our topic for for today. And, yeah, and any opinions on it so far, Drea? Well, when you said that you were somebody that has gone through loneliness, I remember, actually, when we first met, that that was something you were dealing with. So I wanted to hear more about your experience with loneliness and... <laughs> mm-hmm how you feel you have grown in, wow, like the year and a half since we became friends and more. Right. Okay. So I guess to start off with, loneliness is very, it's sort of difficult to really understand and know when you feel lonely. Because on on the on the outside looking in, right? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. On the outside looking in, me personally, I'm like, okay, I have my family. So, yeah. of course, my parents and my sisters. Uh, I have my friends, people that I've known for quite a while. I have all my coworkers, and I interact with them a lot. So, from the outside looking in, a lot of people would be like, well, how are you lonely? Because mm. they only quantify as only, you know, like, you're by yourself all the time, or you just don't interact with people. And I interact with people all the time. So it's just like, well, how are you lonely? You have all these people you interact with and all these people. You're... I was in a relationship at the time, too, before you and I got together. So I don't know how the people look at it like, I really don't know how you're lonely now. You have you have a girlfriend, you have a partner with you. You guys spend a lot of time together. And the the biggest thing to get from that is like, OK, so you have all these people around you. But how many of them like really get you? Yeah. How many of them like really understand you? And like you can be yourself, and you really start to realize that maybe come that could come down to one person, or none of them, yeah. for different reasons. And it's it's so hard to understand, even for yourself, to look at your uh, to look at you internally and be like, 
I feel alone right now. Mm. And why do I feel alone? And at the end of the day, it's just, you realize you've had no one to really talk to about things that you feel either passionate about or things that have really bothered you for different reasons. So, for example, when I say things that bother me, right? That means I'm a person, and Drea knows this about me, I don't like burdening people with my issues, and I don't feel hmm. confident enough to really go to somebody and be like, hey, this is something that's really been bothering me, or this is something I'm really worried about, and can I tell you about it? Like, I haven't really felt enough confidence to go up to anybody that I know and say that to them, and then actually feel like they're going to listen to me, and like sort of help me navigate through it. Mm. So that's that's one. And then the other thing is <clears throat> I've really had to learn how to enjoy meeting other people who have the same quirky interests as I do. So video games, comic books, anime, manga. Um, hit the mic again. Apparently <laughs> doing that. <laughs> uh, and it, all kinds of things. And it's... It, it, even now, like, a lot of people are like, oh, but, you know, anime and manga and comic books, like, those are all mainstream now. Like, they were not mainstream five or ten years ago. This is true. They were, they're mainstream now. But, like, when I was growing up, I only had, like, maybe two or so friends who were, like, really into manga, anime, and comic books. And then once we, like, sort of drifted apart because, you know, middle school, going into high school, and then everyone's going in different ways, like, I had to find that all over again. Yeah. And that was really hard. So... It's that that's sort of been my journey is like first finding people who I knew could like really understand the things I was interested in and then I could like talk to them about it. And then also just like feeling confident in finding people I trust to talk to when I'm in a negative mind space or something else is bothering me. And like those those two were really hard to find for a while. Do you feel like you found them now or have you? So that was the beginning of, okay, this has been really hard for me to find. But as you've grown over the past couple of years now, have they become easier? Or what changed for you, if anything at all? (laughs) So I think the biggest thing that changes is I have more confidence in my person. And I think that's the biggest thing that has really changed over the years. What do you mean by more confidence in your person? So meaning that, like, I... One sort of stopped looking at myself just physically mm-hmm. and just, and again, Dre knows this about me. Like, my confidence in my physical appearance has not always been the best. Which is insane to me, but... But, me personally, I would look at myself and go like, well, I'm not the most attractive person out there. And there's, there's like, I'm not into, like, all the... I'm into, I'm into the traditional things, like, you know, sports and... Um, let me besides sports <laughs> but cars. Like, yeah sports cars um a little bit of just like in fashion Manly and clothing exactly like <laughs> but but the the truth of the matter is like i kind of not forced myself into the it's not cars like cars i absolutely love cars because i think they're cool mm-hmm. and that came naturally but like and even sports like i love baseball and i love basketball like th- those weren't hard but like even all the other things and like the manly man kind of thing where it's just like being mechanical and working with your hands and like doing all that like I can do it not my favorite thing so then there there is that other part of me that like 
some people would say that like I'm more in touch with my feminine side because mm-hmm. mind you majority of my family is female so like I knew things when it came to hair I knew little itty bits of fashion and things like that even though my family would look at me and be like you don't know how to dress worth two cents of your life and I'm like that is so not true though <laughs> when you're I'm, ready you can you can style and profile I know but, but I've, I've learned and you know like there, there's that too and then there's yeah, I love cooking, which is really cool. I, I clean some... Which is like, absolutely to my benefit because I reaffirmed for myself just this morning that I am not domestic. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> and then there's, like, cleaning and, like, doing laundry and stuff. Like that. So that that's fine. But it also created this weird space of, like, okay, so I'm, quite, I'm kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, fully macho man and, you know, like, all this testosterone and everything else like that. But I'm also not... Uh, totally on the female spectrum of just like I look at myself as house husband and like I'll do all these things and like I, I'll stay at home. I'm like I'm in and the middle. And females, when we say female, we mean like female stereotypes. Yeah, female Stereoty- stereotypes. Yeah. And but I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And you know it's always hard because in, like when you're growing and you're growing up and like in in high school and things like that, like the guys make fun of you because you're like acting a little bit prissy and you're not like all the way in like the the jock friend group and then mm-hmm. there's also the girls that make fun of you because you're not being like sort of that stubborn bad boy who's just like mysterious and you know they, they want your attention everything like that and I'm just like I'm in the middle and like somehow I still found my friend group there but like it, it still felt kind of isolating sometimes I guess because it's not the mainstream or the most attractive the most popular thing in school um it's hard to find your middle and and to be authentic mm-hmm. in your middle. Because I think, if I'm honest, when I'm looking at the loneliness epidemic now, I'd be willing to say it's because we lack the realness and the ability to be real with people because so much of our life exists on the internet where we have curated the kind of person we want people to see. All right, and that was worse with the pandemic. Like- the actual COVID pandemic going on because so many people were strictly online now. Exactly. And I say it a lot now when I'm when I'm out just outside and I'm just like, I, you know, people watching and things like that. Mm-hmm. And now that we're being able to go outside more, it, it's just our, our social cues are really off. So bad. Like, they're so off now. And, you know, it, and again, we could just look at it kind of more in the relationship sense, but, like, even when we were talking about, like, really going out there and dating again before we found each other, we were just, like, conversations are really dry. And, like... We have nothing to talk about. There's, like, no... There's no longer a social cue of just being, like... You could go out on a date with somebody, like, hey, we are we kissing now? Or, like, what are, like, what, what, what are we doing on our next date? And you're Robin, just, like... somebody... I remember telling you this, but yes. before I went on our date, non-date with each other... I went on three dates with him, with a guy off of Hinge who wanted me to be his girlfriend in, within that time, mm-hmm. who had just broken up with his girlfriend previously, mm-hmm. maybe two months out-ish, after having dated her for six years. Mm-hmm. Like, how we want so much in such a little bit, in such a short amount of time, mm-hmm. that we're not, we're no longer being realistic. We're no longer being real with people, because if we're... Re- 
if we are too real with people, we're afraid that they won't stick around. And if they don't stick around, we won't find our life partner. Time will be gone. Right. And we'll end up alone. So that, and that was the biggest thing that like I started to realize of myself. And I don't know if you felt this too, where like you, you being me, Mm -hmm. really felt like I needed another person around to make me feel seen. Like, mm. I needed another person to just, hey, just, be, like, spend time with me and just be there and everything else like that. Which is why, like, especially for that bit of, like, say between the 20, yeah, 2019 to 2021 to 2022, like, I was so hell-bent on being in a relationship because, mm. and this, I have to be real with myself. I'm just like, okay, so now someone has to be with me. Because they're my, because they're my partner, and they're my, and they're my girlfriend. Not to say I didn't love and care about them. Ah, but, I, but no, that's real though. But that's I had to, be, but I had to be realistic and just like, okay, so I'm with this person because they have to be with me now. They not gonna leave to me because they made me. a commitment to me. Therefore, I will be not lonely. Yeah, and oh. they're stuck with me. But again, oh. and we and we talked about this before. There's a difference between girlfriend and dating versus marriage and, and having a wife mm-hmm. and having your life partner mm-hmm. and we've and we've also discussed and this is something that we in the future hopefully but really that differentiation between that people again with social cues have lost that understanding between these two things between when you're dating and you're in a relationship like that and then moving towards marriage and what that looks like but I feel like the culture has done a really poor job at clearly defining that right even within um christian circles i'll put that out there Mm -hmm. that we have so muddied the waters i think or gone to two extremes that in the culture marriage is useless it will steal your assets and your money and they it is quite clearly becoming a service of money and success yes um to the point where your relationships must be sacrificed, mm-hmm. where in Christianity in the church, or at least in the church that I've come up in, marriage has become such like the ultimate achievement that you neglect teaching people how to have relationship and not be lonely in the absence of finding that life partner. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really it's another tough pill to swallow or just like wow i have my i have my partner like in marriage or in dating it's just like i have this person next to me i have this person who talks to me every day why do i still feel lonely yep why do i still feel like i'm not being seen or wanted or cared for and all these other things and i think at the end of the day it's just again this pattern that's come out and like the discussions have been happening nowadays but there's no there hasn't been a real conversation on like what work needs to be put in when you have a partner or when you're in a relationship to really feel seen and at the end of the day a lot of it starts with yourself that's what i was about to that's what i'm smirking over here in the corner for there is a work that you personally have to do in order to not feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And it starts with... Some people are going to come for me for this. But it starts with being authentically you. Yes. And living in whatever your intersection is. 
whether because for me you were talking about earlier you are there are some things that you are traditionally into there are some things that are maybe more traditionally feminine that you are into Mm. i'm quite opposite i there are some parts of me that can be domestic i like like is a strong word doing laundry I will not fold the clothes though. They will be all over my house. Yeah, and I got that. to my oh, mom's, <laughs> to my mom's chagrin, um, I cook savory meals really well. Mm. Don't I, for some reason, well not for some reason. I know the reason. <laughs> though I'm a scientist, I hate measuring things. So baking is not, baking is not my strong suit. Yeah, Dre goes by feeling. Yeah, feeling. I like to feel things. I like to just pour things in the bowl and like feel with my emotion um baking doesn't take well to that cooking like actual cooking meals and dinner that does take well to that so i probably need to lay off unless i'm gonna break out some measuring cups and actually do things according to a recipe i should hang up the baking hat no your savory meals are really good thank you some of your meals they taste delicious as surprising as they sound when you tell me yeah. Especially when you've made like stews, and I'm like, what is that? And then you're like, just try it. And I'm like, damn, that was good. <laughs> that shouldn't have been good. But it is because I can taste and I feel and I season along the way. Um, but at the same time, I love fixing things. You do. I will break out a toolbox. I will break out a hammer. That's the engineer in you. I I just love the feeling of accomplishment when I put together a big piece of furniture. When I fix a situation in my house, like I don't want to call a professional. I want to fix the problem myself, mm-hmm. especially if it's something simple. And I also like really high end things. I also like, I hate wearing socks in the house. Oh, yeah. I hate, I like staring at pretty shoes and putting on heels. The minute I get in, they are off somewhere in a corner. <laughs> I exist in a personality that is so complex yes that i have done people a disservice even people that are closest to me a disservice by only living in a small section of it mm-hmm. so of course i'm gonna feel lonely because i feel like people are not seeing me for who i am but am i living in an authentic version of myself so that people can get to know the fullness of who i am because mm-hmm. you know it's also interesting do you ever feel how exhausting it is yep when you've had to like close off so much of your personality yep you can't be your authentic self and like to me that's again what makes it feel so lonely sometimes because you have to close off pit like bits of yourself but it is in a sense a little bit afraid of how people will take it and like how things will go and also survival that is true yes because a lot of my masking and my wanting so bad i mean the masking got so bad that i started to mimic people's accents and I still do this sometimes the longer that I spend with you because I am a linguophile I love languages I speak a few of them watch like a whole season of Bridgerton (laughs) and I couldn't get her to stop speaking in that in that sort of tone of voice it was so funny I I romanticize sometimes I have to admit just the ability to communicate in a different way and form um so i will mimic for a while mm-hmm. Def- depending on how immersed i was or how close i am to the extremely, person extremely extremely immersed 
um, not just TV shows, though Robin will try to clown me for this, but other people. My college mm-hmm. roommate is Dominican, as are you. Um, but you don't have a very strong, like, island, island Spanish accent. No. My college roommate and one of my closest friends was moved to New York where we went to college when after she was a teenager. So I think, yeah, so mm-hmm. she went to high school there. Yeah. So she still had a very, when she was speaking English, a very strong Spanish accent. The longer I spent with her, the more my English became, sounded like Dominican a Spanish, yeah, yeah, Dominican Spanglish. Your dad must have been so happy. Like, look at her he, I don't, but I only, I only put it on for, for certain people. Yeah. Because it's the same way that, like, I will change the way that I speak to fit into certain crowds. So mm-hmm. my family, I don't speak English like I speak English now. Right. It's going to have that Jamaican twang, that accent, all of that kind of stuff. Because yeah. Which I enjoy hearing. I think it's so <laughs> cute. She doesn't use a lot. Until, I don't. Like, until you start, like, until you and your mom, like, after having, like, conversation for 20 minutes, and then you both just, like, slowly dip into it more, <laughs> and then the whole conversation is just Jamaican slang. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? So, but uh, for me, that was a matter of survival, because my family moved around a lot. So, in order to not be easily picked out as the new kid, mm-hmm. you had to mask in a certain way. Yeah. But just recently, I discovered that... While that was useful, excuse me, at the time that I was moving around, mm-hmm. it may be time as I move into my later 20s now to really find out who Drea is um, and live as her authentically so that the people who come into contact with Drea come into contact with me. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, not yes, it does. not the fabricated, and even though Drea for this podcast is a fabricated personality, there's still I, I believe very strongly that she's still a aspect of me, the yeah, true still, and real me. Um, I think it's an authentic part still for sure. Yeah, and so that's what I have done because I was very lonely coming up through school and moving and feeling like I did not have the the time to really get to know and invest in people because that is something that I hold very close to me. Mm. Social media did not help because, you know, the popular kids had this very curated Instagram feed and Facebook and there was a specific way that you had to talk in order to be considered likable to the point that I was even shocked that... Later in life, I found out that there were, like, boys in high school that had had a crush on me. Because I was, like, I felt so invisible mm-hmm. during that time. It is weird to me that I was seen by you, even whatever version of me you created in your head, to the point that I don't even, I barely remember that you were in this class mm-hmm. with me. Because I was so consumed with how do I make myself the most palatable version of me so I don't get picked out as the new kid. Right. That's tough. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think back on, like, my years, and especially in, like, high school and everything, and opportunities that I missed out on, even, even again in 
college as mm-hmm. we bring back my mm-hmm. Japan missing story. Mm-hmm. And that was just, <laughs> you know, that was part of me just not letting my authentic self out, to be honest, too. Yeah. Because as I said, like, I wrote up that essay and I had it ready to go. It was brimming with information on why I want to go to Japan because that was my authentic self. I really wanted to go. And part of it was travel anxiety. And then the other part of it, too, was like, ooh, like and I, I don't know how I'm going to feel around, like, just with everybody there. It is like a totally new environment with all these people that, like, I only had one classmate who I know was also going, who her and I were on, like, we, we, were, we were friends and I've known her for a while, but still, like, that's still a whole other new group of people that I don't know. And then they're going to see me and I'm going to go into, like, Akihabara and just, like, go into, like, a Don Quixote store or something like that. Or, like, go into a, an anime figurine store. And I'm going to be gushing out of my mind about, like, oh, my God, I know this manga and this manga and this anime and this anime and this, this, this. And they're going to look at me like, we don't know any of this. Mm. We're just here for the, we, we could just be here for the food mm. and, the, and the sights. But all this, like, anime and all that, like, those, those like, weeb or otaku interests is just not, not our cup of tea. Mm. And I would have been very embarrassed. But why be embarrassed? I mean, okay, let me backtrack. I know why be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Because it is uncomfortable to be the only version of you in a room where it feels like everyone else has the same experience and you are unique. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortable to be singled out. But isn't there also a beauty in being singularly you yes there is and it's i think this goes back to what you were saying is like you have to appreciate your authentic self yeah and you have to like understand how that feels internally and it took me a very long time to really come to love that part of me and also understand that part of me but it was really just giving getting over the fact of feeling alone in that Mm. and then i like i remember for years like my, my both my parents were just like you have to appreciate being alone sometimes and just like yeah really, that's a huge one and really like being alone and i was like i have no idea what that means because i hate being alone because i'm thinking about my internal thoughts and my mm. internal thoughts are nothing but a roller coaster of worst case scenarios mm-hmm. and just like negative responses and i'm like ah i have no idea what's going on but bringing it back now to how we heard this in the first place with the pastor explaining and talking about this loneliness epidemic one of the things that he discussed was the way you can overcome that loneliness to an extent is understanding that you're never alone mm-hmm. because we always have god to be able to pray to and to talk to and god is always there to love us and appreciate us for who we are yeah. because he's made us unique in that way for a reason yeah And I really did not come to understand that until, like, we came, like, until we got together. And this is one of those things that in January this year, when you told me one of the important things was, like, you wanted a church family and you wanted to go to church more. Because that is your authentic self. That was a place where you feel comfortable and a place you feel home. Like, when... I was able to take that journey with you and then make it part of my own self and understand how important that is. Like, I started to realize, yeah, I was never really alone in those situations Mm. if I took the time to pray 
and took the time to really just be on my own and just like let let those let's say like as they were like mistakes and other issues and things like that just like left them open to be vulnerable mm. i think i would have had a much different outlook and not that it would have happened sooner because i'm still like there's still those things to work on but at least i would have acknowledged them more yeah and like that was the real important thing is like that acknowledgement to say hey i do feel alone right now but why do i feel alone because i just haven't interacted with anybody do i feel alone because i am removing myself from a situation that makes me feel uncomfortable am i allowing myself to be authentic like i started asking those questions and then now i can be uh better about how i want to handle those situations yeah and as you were talking and you brought up that uh, conversation in january i had been thinking a little bit throughout this recording if i was going to say this but i think i will um truly it wasn't until i met you that i realized what i had been missing Mm -hmm. in terms of living authentically um a lot of people ask or make their own judgments as we've found in over the period of our engagement and planning our wedding that it's like why why get married now why mar- why choose each other it's been such a short amount of time what's the reasoning primarily because you have been the first person in my life and I think this is so precious a gift to be given um that allows me to be all aspects of my full authentic self because I'm going to be real I thought I thought that conversation would be the beginning of the end of our Mm -hmm. relationship because I have been going through this refining of my faith where I'm taking the things that I was taught as a child about Christianity, Mm -hmm. comparing them to the things that I have studied about my religion and my experience with God, and really trying to filter out what's edifying, what's true, what has kind of been put up as the truth by other people, but is truly their own experience. Mm -hmm. And what happened over the year when we first started dating was that I drifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. Never once um, questioned, that's the word I'm looking for, questioned Mm -hmm. the existence of God and whether he was there. It's a matter of who is God to me? Yes. And how how do I experience him? And how do I keep him as important in my life? But how do I also filter out the religion from the relationship? Um, and so when we first started dating and we, and you met me in that state, I was a much, um, easier person to get to know, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm not Bible thumping. I'm not, um, beating you over the head with God and Christianity as I might have in the past. But now that I'm having this conversation about all right, I want to get back to 
what I believe is my authentic self, which is someone who loves God deeply and go start going to church regularly. I wasn't sure if you'd be on the same page with that. Mm-hmm. But you have embraced all aspects of who I am, ever changing as they are, with truly. Because that's the other part that we have to understand is that combating loneliness also starts with the acceptance of the the knowledge that you are never going to be the same day to day. No. And you shouldn't be. And you shouldn't be. Um and to find people that understand that and are willing to go on that journey with you is is rare because sometimes people will view the changes in you as being inauthentic to yourself. Mm when truly you are just continually on this journey of finding out who you are. And for me, that's finding out who I am in relation to God and who he says I am and really going on that journey of self-discovery. And it's a feeling that I can't really explain and it truly just has to be experienced um, within the self. But to find somebody that sees you in a way that you don't even see yourself, that embraces the change within you, that is willing to go toe-to-toe with your experience and count the person that they've known and loved as precious despite the changing aspects of their personality Mm -hmm. is so precious, as I've said. Yeah. And so, of course, it was a no-brainer to say yes to your proposal because... I believe that that is something that is so key and important to me and and to the journey of marriage. To have somebody that is willing to understand that we are ever-changing mm. and is going to recommit to you again and again throughout that change of who you are growing to be as a person and willing to stay curious and willing to stay open and willing to stay loving and willing to admit their mistakes and to grow from them that is what I need in a partner. And once I have found that and where I have found that in you, I don't believe it's wise to continue to keep looking and sifting through other people. Yeah. When I know what I want, I've already found that. Yes. And then another question that I have for you mm-hmm. is, especially because you know, not everyone is in a relationship and we're not telling everybody either. Like you need to be and find a relationship so you don't feel lonely. The, the message, at least for, for this specifically is more just like when you find your, your partner as Reyes as explained, it's because your partner has allowed you to be your authentic self. You haven't had to close up, change, modify any of who you are unless you're going through your evolution your evolution, your uh, your ability to be able to change and grow over time is because, again, you have allowed each other to be able to have that space to continue to grow and still accept each other. Mm-hmm. But not everyone is going is going to have that relationship off the bat. That takes work. And, again, that work starts with you. So as individuals as well, what do you think you have seen now, especially with the more – even well, and we will stick to you know with going to churches as a very important aspect, mm-hmm. and then we can go out more if, like for those who are not so religiously in tune or choose mm-hmm. to re- have to like choose that religious path. But like for you now, how has it felt as your own individual as well to sort of be more open now? So 
some anxiety that you had when interacting with other Christians and going to church while you were going through your journey of finding what God means to you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel now you that you do interact with others at church and you're being I and I know you're making the attempt to really be more open and trying to be your more authentic self. So how has that worked for you more like individually to be able to express yourself? Well, I should be clear about this. I don't think what I've described and what I've found in Robin, um, I don't think that's exclusive to a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. I think you can absolutely find that in a friendship um, and a deep, close friendship. And I think it's something you should look for. But as you are on that search, please investigate what it means to be that person for yourself. So what does it mean to be your authentic self? Take yourself on dates. Take yourself, put yourself in social situations, actually, where you are required to interact with other people, introverts included, because I am an introvert. Um, I did something radical for me a couple months ago and saw a TikTok of another black girl in the Boston area looking to make black women professional friends and I said let me just go out and meet some strangers and it ended up being some of the most fun I've had in a long time um truly trying to connect with and maybe your first interaction with people is not going deep um but it starts with those little social interactions here and there as far as church goes sometimes it's still hard for me mm-hmm. um, trying to be my most authentic self with other Christians because I'm still on this I'm still on this faith journey again not questioning the existence of God I, I don't think that's ever something that's going to unravel for me mm-hmm. um, by the grace of God uh, but really truly investigating my faith and what is true and what is noble and what is holy um, rather than just taking in what I've been fed over the years by others. And so sometimes that requires some silence. Mm-hmm. So um, I've chosen specific people to really share the the depth of that journey with mm-hmm. who can pray for me um and counsel me and guide me mm. while while I'm on this journey and that is sometimes nerve-wracking but it's always a blessing I think yeah in the end yeah I guess I love what you mentioned that definitely is not in that religious circle of like Mm -hmm. you know in your church and finding people to talk to but more outside of the fact that and you know the good the good and bad of this technological age well you found a group online oh yeah for for just regular friendship stuff yeah and you i haven't seen them in a while but i i need to reconnect but like literally you took that leap to be able to go out there and this is why like the work starts with you like you are an introvert yes but you still stepped out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. to go reach out to this person speak with her and like hey when's your next meetup oh it's on this day at this time at this location and you went 
and it ended up being a really fun time. Yeah. So I think that's one aspect definitely of being able to combat that loneliness a bit. And if you are feeling alone is, and it is scary, but take that chance to be able to go out there. And if you find a group online, fantastic. But if you do... and But always be safe about always it. Always be safe. <laughs> Please be safe. But, it, or like, even if you... At work sometimes, too, if just like you notice some of your friends, like, we've been grateful enough that we have people we go to karaoke with sometimes. This is true. From and, your work friends, yeah. And I don't like karaoke. But I love it. But, like, I take that chance, and it's been, it's been amazing. And... That, that taking that chance is, is a really important thing. And then one other thing to combat it that is also really important that you said is take yourself out on dates. Mm-hmm. Take that time for yourself just to do things that you enjoy mm-hmm. and just have fun. One of my favorite things to be able to do for myself and I enjoy it, even though I have a PC at home now, is go to an internet cafe Yeah, and just play on the PCs there, order some food, and just relax. And that's my own mental space. But, like, one big thing that I did to really take care of myself and say that I can do things for myself is when I went to Canada last year. And I took that solo trip. And that was a really big move for me because I hate traveling alone. I really do. But I just, I, I had to take it and say, like, I can do this. And I've always wanted to do this. And it was nice to not be bound by other people and like their schedules and their and their things not that it's a bad thing because people are busy everyone has their own thing but like it was nice to be able to just like for myself say hey i want to do this this and that and not worry about what everybody else wanted to do yeah it was just stuff that i want to do it was super fun and i would definitely do it again yeah and that is one really cool thing to just like take yourself on a date and just make sure you show how much you love yourself yeah and then like any other Anything else? I don't know. I think that pretty much covers it, right? You know, find people, whether that's a romantic partner or just great friendships that you can go deep with. Um, and practice being your authentic self. Practice being your authentic self with yourself. So take yourself on dates. Do things that you like to do. Mm-hmm. And what else did we say? Is that it? Yeah, your authentic self. Take yourself on on dates. Um, in your if you have a religious affiliation or anything else like that, just again, like it it takes time. Just being able to talk with people. I guess that's the big that thing too. too. Just acknowledging that it's going to take time, yeah, and practice. But it does does kind of start with you. Mm-hmm. And it start does, taking it does pay off. And it does absolutely pay off. Start taking those leaps of faith. Yeah. And let's get to fighting this loneliness epidemic. Yeah. And one one thing I do want to leave on, and this is a conversation I was having a, a friend with a friend of mine not too long ago, but when they realized how they invested so much in others and really started, again, your investment, investing on themselves. In and themselves. In yes. themselves. Apologies. <laughs> investing in themselves and just... You know, again, taking those personal dates, just having fun, getting sleep when they needed sleep. They really started to realize how so many things started to click and come together. Mm-hmm. They're feeling more energized. They're just playing the sports that they love. They're working on projects that they've put off for a long time. And some people may look at that like, okay, but it's you're alone and you're a person. Like, yes, 
doing things on your own for yourself can be a, an amazing reward. And then when you bring another person into that, when you are ready, when you are able, is just as fruitful because that's multiplication. And when you feel great and your partner feels great, it's just going to be multiplied. That joy is what he's talking about. That happiness is going to be multiplied. But with that, we have reached the end of this episode. And don't worry, we have not forgotten. We do need to to record an episode two about our proposal story. We did mention that um, (laughs) last episode. But we really felt it was important to to tackle the loneliness epidemic in this one. So don't know when that episode will come out. Maybe later, maybe after our wedding, but we'll go into all the (laughs) deeds then. Um, But yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been Experience is Key. Episode 11 with Rob and Andrea. We'll see you guys soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Right.